Welcome to the Never Ending Glory College Football Podcast, early week edition this week after uh, the regular season of the college football season has ended. We are on to championship week. This will probably be our last podcast before the bowl season, so just a, a quick Sunday night recording here to kind of recap what we saw yesterday and Friday and look ahead to the conference title games and the college football playoff rankings and bowl games and things of that nature. So, gentlemen, welcome. And let's get right to it. Ohio State-Michigan yesterday, one for the ages. I know Farkey was on pins and needles for about three and a half hours yesterday. Sean was down in Columbus tailgating, getting after it. And I was just watching it in my house. And, uh, boy, Farkey, I'm going to let you kind of get started on this topic here. But what a game. And, and, and for three and a half quarters, I didn't see any way Ohio State was winning that game. And then all of a sudden, middle of the fourth quarter, you got the sense that Michigan had just blown too many chances to seize control of that game, and Ohio State was going to make a pay. Yeah, I'm with you. Exciting finish, but I, I certainly didn't like the way we got there. Uh, we were texting back and forth during that game, and, and man, I'm with you. They, they gave up too many chances, Michigan did. Ohio State, uh, quite frankly, in my opinion, just watching the game, didn't, didn't really deserve to win the game, but... Uh, we're there. Those are the type of big games you have to win to get into the playoff, and, and uh, you know, they did it. So they deserve to be there. They deserve to be in. Um, my only uh, my only real concern, which continues for about the fourth week in a row now, is JT Barrett's ability to pass the football. But, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get Struggle a little bit more. Struggle City. Uh, I got oh, many an argument down in Columbus regarding JT. Um and even a few of our, our listeners following along, uh, Memphis Matt uh, is, is siding with me that Terrell Pryor is twice the quarterback that JT yes. there it was. But, yet everybody loves JT, so he gets all these passes. Yet Pryor was somebody that constantly got vilified. So um, we won in spite of, of 16 yesterday. And that performance in and of itself under those conditions and everything else uh, – a little disappointing the fact that we weren't able to move Michigan around in their front seven, and I know they're they're older, but man, that was a true toss up game. And if if that's Ohio State's absolute best right now going into the last two games of the season, because I think well maybe just the last game of the season, because I think we all agree they're going to make the playoffs. But uh, man, it, I don't know that they get past the semis. Concerning. That's the, the best word I've got for it. Especially concerning if the committee would somehow drop them to four because they didn't win their conference title and then you're matched up with Alabama. Truthfully, though, I thought about that. You're going to have to beat Alabama. Maybe jumping them like that might not be all a bad thing. Yeah, like two years ago. It's not not the same as two years ago, but same uh, round. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the Here's a question for you guys. Given what we know about Jim Harbaugh, were you surprised or not surprised about his post-game antics? Not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's funny he he talks about whiners and everything else, and that's all he does on the sidelines, and that's all how he acts. He he tried to make it seem like he got the unsportsman, and he like that he didn't break his headset, that he didn't like. He tried to make it seem like he just like tossed something. It was like you're running onto the field. Like, there's a reason the camera's always on you because you're acting like a clown all the time. Just, and, then he, and then he tries to kind of, like, oh, no, no, it wasn't that. And these pass interferences were blatant. You know, I thought, I thought the ball to Samuel was catchable. Um, and I didn't think it, he really hooked Perry. I, I thought his hand was there, but I didn't see Perry turn around. I saw a receiver not turn and shoulder to the ball. 
he tried to catch it over his shoulder versus face it. And to me, they're borderline calls. Uh, and you can't just sit there and say, well, that's why we lost the game. And there's probably four or five other ones across the whole the whole rest of the game that were just as impactful for a first down that they got when maybe they held a, a defensive lineman or something. It, his argument's silly and stupid. And you had too many chances to be able to complain, pure and simple. No doubt about there it. Was, there, there was no way that, that, that he can make that kind of stink about that fourth down call either. That, I mean, that, the line of that ball, the placement of the ball, there's no way they were returning that. No, and the funny and, thing is, is he said he, he what, what, like eight inches, ten inches, he did the hand sign. And yet, was he, he wasn't even, he's not allowed down that low on the field. So how did he get a view that was conducive to being able to say with certainty that what he was saying after the game. I just, it's just total cop out. I'll say this: when I saw it live, I thought he was short, but like Farky said, it's so close that whatever spot they come up with, you can't overturn. And when you watch the replay, he got the ball across the line of the game when he slowed down. Yeah, how, about, how about you don't give up the touchdown on the next play? <laughs> How about you not fumble on the goal line either? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> underrated when we talk about JT Barrett is how bad Wilton Spate was yesterday also. Yeah, he was particularly bad. That's that's my takeaway is neither of those teams are playing that good of football right no. now. Obviously, with, with the Michigan State and Iowa performances the week before, those teams right now are not you know positioning themselves to represent the Big Ten well. Now, what benefits – them, or at least Ohio State, is the fact that a layoff can make teams playing well maybe regress a little bit, and teams not playing as well, you can game plan one game out of it, which I think, you know, a couple years ago they did, um, and, you know, Alabama wasn't fully prepared for it, so you know, maybe you can get it that way, but they're going to have to find a way to get some explosive plays, because JT Barrett cannot consistently make throws to allow them to go... 10 plays, 75 yards. He's just too bad, of a, too bad of a quarterback. He could get benched next year. We had an interesting yeah. dynamic on Saturday also. After Ohio State won that game, I think the conventional thinking before the game was that you wanted Ohio State to win if you're a Buckeye fan and then root for Michigan State so you go to the Big Ten title game. But everything kind of got flipped on its head once you thought about it a little bit more because why would Ohio State want to go to the Big Ten title game when they're probably already in and risk losing next week? Yeah, yeah, that was going to be my point. I mean, they're they're in a lose lose situation there if they, if they have to play Wisconsin and Indy. So, I, it obviously benefits them to not even have to play because I think all four of us can agree they're pretty much safely in unless something crazy happens or the committee um, just really thinks that conference championship is the end all be all, which I don't think they do. The Oklahoma, if Oklahoma wins this coming weekend and, and with the line like it is, you have to think they've, they've got a pretty reasonable shot. I think it's ironclad if Oklahoma wins. I, it just, it's it's too easy of a, of, of a selling point in Ohio State basically to have one slip up that they can paint it as a special teams gaffe and it's just, you know, a little bit. Of, and, and the other fact that Penn State's lost two games. They, they If they had only lost one game and then beat Ohio State, it's a much different argument. It's just sure. really, really tough. So let me ask you guys this question. What what are we going to do with Michigan now? Because it's hard to see them dropping past five when they've already beaten Wisconsin and Penn State. Oh, that's a good point, uh, especially think, with two losses compared I to think, Penn State's two losses. You probably keep them at five. It, it, what happens is, is it gets particularly tricky. I, I'd venture to say that the committee wouldn't be that upset if Clemson lost – 
and maybe a Washington loss as well to make it a little bit neater. Um, I, I, I don't think they'd be at all adverse to that. To do what? Put put three Big Ten teams in? I think you'd, you'd sneak one Big Ten and then you'd sneak, sneak Colorado in. But but which one though? Here's the Michigan argument: they beat both the teams playing the Big Ten championship game, and both their losses are two heartbreakers on the road. And they beat Colorado. Correct. I, Although Luke, were, Luke I, I, would put, I would put the winner of the Big Ten championship over them. They, I, I would just say you have to. Michigan. I, I agree. Michigan lost the last two games of the season. Now, if you want to call those quarterfinal matches, I mean that's how the eyes of the committee will look at this. Now, I think there'll be five on Tuesday. But whoever's whoever, if six and seven are playing or six and eight, and whoever wins that is going to jump Michigan. I just, I think inherently it's it's a little bit, it's unfortunate for them. But you play an extra great game and it gives you an extra resume builder. Yeah, I think I think at this point, you guys tell me if you disagree. We know Alabama's in, win or lose. We know Ohio State probably ninety five percent is in, unless something unforeseen happens with the committee. And then you got Washington. In a play yourself in, win in your end scenario, you got Clemson in a win in your end scenario. I think the only way that that's not your four is if one of those teams loses. And then you're looking at probably the Big Ten title game winner ready to step in as that fifth team if something happens to Clemson or Washington. Is there any chance, uh, to Sean's point, if Oklahoma wins, um, Ohio State's in for sure, Oklahoma has no shot. What if Oklahoma State wins impressively? They would be the de facto champion. Now, stick with me. This sounds crazy. I, I know exactly where you're going. And Oklahoma, go back to that Central Michigan game. They should have one loss. Are they going to factor in that Oklahoma State should have one loss and they're the de facto Big 12 champion? I'll say this. And, and somebody has to they lose. beating Oklahoma on the road as well. Sorry. Somebody has to lose in that top four, like we said. But I absolutely think it's a possibility. Because then does it come down to Oklahoma State-Michigan argument again? We're about to see. The the committee's got those four tiebreakers, whatever you want to call it, to factor in. We're going to see which one they think is the most important. And, you know, i got to be honest. I hate when people use the argument, well, they they really won that game against Central Michigan. Okay, yeah, sure. The ref screwed up. They gave them an extra down. But they put themselves in position to get beat by Central Michigan at the very end. So there's got to be some sort of penalty there as well. I realize the ref screwed up the last down, but refs miss calls all the time that cost teams games, not maybe that directly. But you still were down to the wire with Central Michigan, who wasn't even a great team in the MAC this year. So that that argument that Mike Gundy's trying to pull that they're really ten and one just kind of rings hollow for me. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think I mean another narrative is what if Colorado beats Washington and you know kind of continues that momentum, and then maybe a team like Clemson does lose, or the Wisconsin Penn State is kind of an uninspiring performance. You know, what do they do with that? at that four spot or possibly the three spot. If, if I mean, Clemson's not a lot. They consistently have just played off all year. They look good Saturday, though. I will say that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, I, th- th- does that bring Michigan back into the picture? Now, I, granted, that win was at home against Colorado, and their quarterback got hurt, but I keep coming back to Here's the, the thing. I can't, I can't understand a scenario, though, where Michigan can lose the last two games of their season and then play their way into the top four without actually playing. Like, I, it just – it doesn't – I think they lost their chance 
on Saturday. I, I just don't see – particularly because Ohio State's not playing. If Ohio State's playing and loses, then I think Michigan can jump right back in. But I, I just – there's going to be a winner in the Wisconsin-Penn State game, and that's the winner of the Big Ten. And then if you have Michigan get in ahead of the winner of the Big Ten, what's it say about your conference now you have, Yeah, you have two teams in ahead of the champion of the conference. And just, it just, just to be factual, and Sean, I know what you're going uh, – what you're getting at with your point – but Michigan actually won last week against Indiana, so they've lost two of their last three. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're right. I, I spent, I was drunk in Key West. I was drunk for a weekend, and I was just drunk this past weekend. So I just molded them all together. That's a hat trick. Congratulations. <laughs> I got a feeling I'm going to be drunk this weekend too. <laughs> I I think the only point I'm trying to make is we are going to find out how they value these tiebreakers and which one's the most important when it comes down to figure, especially if Washington and Clemson, you know, either or both of them lose. This is the frustration with the committee. We don't know at all what they're going to, how they're going to do this. And it's, it just pisses everyone off. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. There's no baseline. There's still, there's still a human element where it's just strictly opinion is, is still a factor into this entire thing. Bobby Petrino doesn't get to complain anymore about making any of the bowl game, and I, I actually hope he doesn't get a New Year's Six because you don't deserve it when you don't schedule anyone non-conference or you schedule Sisters for the Blind. Then you complain that you're not in the top four, and then you lose two of the next three or two of the next four. He's got nothing, nothing to complain about anymore. Every point you just made is, is something that he needs to take a real hard look in the mirror at. But that was a fantastic Outside Florida game. State, who's their best win? I that's can't even think that. That's, that's it. it. That's yeah. it. And people give them credit for Clemson, the Clemson game, because they outplayed Clemson for a lot of that game, but they still lost. And, boy, it was fantastic to watch that, that game on Saturday against Kentucky. I was flipping back and forth between Ohio State and that game, and, boy, he was just bitching up a storm on the sidelines like only Bobby can. It was awesome. Yell at anybody but himself. And there's no, there's no chance Lamar doesn't win the Heisman still, though, right? He's still winning. There, there's not a second option. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I got to be honest with you guys. Dalvin Cook is is the best player in the country this year. Yeah, he's had a hell of a season. Yeah. Lamar gets Lamar gets a lot of these stats, and he holds the ball on the read options near the goal line, and he gets all these like fancy things. But who's had the best season? Because he was hurt the first four or five weeks and still put up numbers. Who's consistently had the best season throughout all and a run like he did against that Florida defense. Um, yeah. Dalvin Cook has been what they say Leonard Fournette is in college football. Dalvin Cook's actually had a significantly better college career than Leonard Fournette. Yeah. What did he have yesterday? I didn't see it. He, he looked great uh, last buck, night. Buck 80. He looked great last I mean, he looked... He looked really fresh, like he hadn't been running all year. He looked awesome last night. Well, he's been that way the last three or four weeks, and, it, and it's no coincidence that he's not wearing a shorter brace. And you know, he had he had that in the off season, and he was limited. And he was like a little tentative with contact the first few games this year. And you know, if, he, if they don't get boat raced against Louisville, and he has a chance to actually have meaningful runs at the end of the second quarter and into the third quarter, you know that. Not to say that game's different, but certainly his numbers in that game are significantly different. Yeah, speaking of numbers, I have a feeling Baker Mayfield and D.D. Westbrook are going to try and put up some major numbers this week against Oak State, just in case the uh, Heisman Trophy could fall to one of those two guys. I'll tell you what, I like, I like McCaffrey's chances better than, than Baker Mayfield. I know it's, it's probably not realistic, but 
I looked at it earlier today, just just randomly. The numbers he has rushing the last like six weeks, individual game numbers are, are pretty impressive. Under the yeah, range. I agree with that, but they're mentioning five or six different other people yeah. outside of Lamar and yeah. Dalvin Cook, and <laughs> he's just not listed as one of them. So you know, no, I'm uh, I, yeah, uh, I'll show my homerism too much. I there's not a better running back in the country, bar none, and quarterback. You can you can have your pick of the litter at different spots. Um, you Greg Ward against Lamar Jackson, who is the better quarterback? You know, it's like. There's not been a game where Dalvin Cook's not been the best running back on the field. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, Lamar's going to win, unfortunately. But yeah, that's, no question. That's the way it is. Guys, one more thought from the weekend, and this is something that a lot of people nationally haven't really tackled yet, but my God, the SEC has been awful this year. Outside of Alabama, obviously, who's head and shoulders above everybody, but everybody else in the SEC is going to have four-plus losses. So that means they're going to have a New Year's Six representative that has at least four losses. So... Who among us here is pumped up to see Auburn or LSU in the Sugar Bowl? That's going to be great. <laughs> I, I think the team that – who won the Auburn-LSU game? Auburn that, won, right? That was uh, Auburn because that was the game that Les Miles got fired right afterwards. Got fired, yeah. I think they'll go LSU uh, just because of origin and, and be able to, to make sure they sell that place out. I don't think, I think Auburn's going to have a lot of people kind of pining to, to head to, to New Orleans for, for the Sugar Bowl. But it is it is appalling. There, there. If you're doing some soul searching in the SEC, you got to evaluate whether or not some guys should be coaching your program or not. And I think the number one <laughs> should have a bullseye on his back is old Butchie in Knoxville. Like, there is no reason that guy should be with the talent that he had coming back with all what he talked about the beginning of the year and then early part of the year. That is a colossal epic fall apart tank job and then to boot guys exiting the program left and right and tone deaf butch you know dealing with what he's dealing with from a sexual assault and kind of sweeping some of those things out of the rug man i i'd be particularly uneasy if um if i was a tennessee ball fan with with my prospects of future with with butchie at the helm and they were ranked in the top 10 at the end of the year they lost to vanderbilt on Saturday night, and in the last three games of the season, Tennessee has given up 1,983 yards, almost 2,000 yards in the last three games, and 118 points in the last three games. That is abysmal. Over 600 a game on average? That's correct. Yes, that's correct. Think of it this way. Next season, other than Kirby Smart and Derek Mason, who in the SEC East isn't on the hot seat? Yeah. Maybe maybe Stoops now. Like, somehow Stoops saved his job. Like, he was going to get shit-canned six weeks ago. Yep. And now he's more stable than some of these other guys. Like, McIlwain's got to put together an offense. He came over as an offensive guru. He just has survived with must-champs defensive players, which, oh, by the way, are all leaving. Yeah, Shul, just to go back to what you commented there about Tennessee, their last three games were against Kentucky – Missouri and Vandy giving up those numbers. wasn't like they were playing uh, Alabama, LSU, and you know, uh, potent Auburn or Georgia team. And then there's College Station guy who every year has been regurgitating the same lackluster results after they get into the top five. And in this case, he was ranked four. 
Yeah, but they lost their quarterback, right? No, he played Thursday. <laughs> and he didn't, they didn't lose him when they started to nosedive. They lost him about midway through the swoon. I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, the SEC used to be – they used to pride themselves on the great defenses that were in that conference. There's not even any – you know, many good defenses in that league anymore, and the quarterback play is horrid in that conference. Terrible. It's going to get better a little bit, and we, we touched on that um, at last week's podcast with Patterson and some of these other guys, but there is a twinge of Big 12 defense to, to, the, to their programs, isn't there? Yeah. Particularly because they're having to bring in all these offensive coaches, the Malzans and everybody else, and they're focusing and putting all their emphasis on that, and they don't really hit you or attack at all. And, you know, look at Tennessee. They've got blue blue chippers riddled on the defensive side of the ball. And I know they got dinged up injury-wise, but good God, to put up those – have those numbers put up against them that they did, that's atrocious. And that's Butch. Does that have anything to do, you think, with the balance of talent and the recruiting? And Alabama gets all the top the top guys and does this and that. But, I mean, where's this balance coming from? I know, I know it's – That's a straw man argument. These SEC schools are consistently ranked in the top 25. If you go to an SEC school, you're getting a premier talent on both sides of the ball, or at least rated as such. You know, LSU's consistently put up top 10 recruiting class. Auburn's top 15. Florida's top 15. You know, maybe not so much last year, but. Ole Miss has been up there. Or Ole Miss has been up there. I mean, they've bought their way into the top 15. Georgia's always there because of that hotbed, and Tennessee's consistently been in the top 15. So they can't paint that argument. Someone certainly had his fair share of recruiting wins. They're just not getting it done with X's and O's. Uh, I mean, and it's not a Nick Saban problem. It's of their own problem. Ole Miss at home on Saturday night in the Egg Bowl gave up 566 total yards and 55 points to Mississippi State. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? And Mississippi State is not going to be like confused with the greatest offense known to me. It's not the greatest show on earth. No, no. it's unbelievable. It's it, the the conference is awful this year. No one talks about it. I know Alabama's really good, but they haven't had any competition in their own league. We trashed the Big 12 yeah. as much as we've killed them. What's the difference between them and the SEC? I agree. One team. Yep. One team. And, and I, the more I watch the Big Ten, I'm not convinced that, you know, Ohio State and Michigan watching them Saturday, I'm not convinced they're that great either. I just don't know that there are any great teams in college football this year outside of Alabama. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, well, I'll say this about at least Ohio State and Michigan. Like they would, they'll defend some of these SEC, yeah. you know, programs. Like those teams aren't aren't getting up and down the field. Well, that was that was that was one of the reasons why that game Saturday was refreshing to watch because there was actual defense being played. It actually felt like a real football game and not a video game. How relieved are these four teams that eventually make the playoff that USC struggled to begin the year? I, I, I think USC is the second best team in the country right now, the way they're playing with the eye test, but. I mean, they have no shot with three losses. No, so. they, they don't. But you're right. I mean, I wouldn't want to play them if I was any of those any of those uh, other teams besides Alabama. That's for sure. Anything uh, else good to the order, guys, before we pick some games here for the championship week? I just think we need to queue up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. We, we, yeah, we have some coaching changes here that we need to take care of, right, Shell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we do. Let me, well, let's let start. Just... Let's start in Austin. Charlie Strong officially fired. <laughs> um, Tom Herman, as Schilling predicted. Uh, couple months ago is taking over that job Sean's prediction last week about Jimbo coaching his last game at Florida State did not come to come to be 
I don't know if he's happy about that or not. We talked talked about that a lot last week, so we'll leave that alone. But he is staying at Florida State. Eddie O is taking the LSU job. So let's let's start with Charlie Strong. Show you got some words for him. <laughs> and we, we, we don't we don't get to say that to Eddie O because he's keeping his job. And they they we called that almost when he got announced. That, hey, there's some sneaky potential here. We actually thought he needed to what lose only one game. We thought, we, and he we, went ahead yeah. and lost two yep. along the way and still still kept them. But I actually think it was more of they had no other choice yep. and they're just angling to hire Lane Kiffin as their kind of big coaching move. Yeah, Eddie O. And they didn't just lose. They laid down. They rolled over for Coach Strong there this week. It was bad. It was bad. And They've been laying down the last few weeks. Yeah, right, it, was, it was awful. And, I, and I, you know what? I talked myself into betting them last week. After I watched the Kansas game the week before, I said there's no chance this team gets up to play another game for him. They didn't even look interested, and I didn't listen to my own advice. Took Texas, and it was hideous to watch against TCU. Awful. Consensus pick. Got, got a quick got a quick poll question for you guys on this. So if you if you're a team that went one for eleven on third down and had seven penalties, do you think they would have won thirty one to nine or lost nine to thirty one? I think the obvious answer. We were watching that game. Uh, Texas should have been up by seven ten points at halftime. Now what so what, what would happen in the second half? You know that's another story, but Texas dominated that first half. Shane Buchel, Texas. talk about somebody that's regressed. Shane Buchel looked horrendous in that game, didn't he, Shell? Oh, yeah. Oh, terrible. I mean, he looked so bad. And kind of going back to LSU, what are the chances that Lane Kiffin decides to be the OC there? Is that kind oh, of – I think, I think it's a lot. Him and, him, and, him and Eddie O are, are, are boys. Yeah. Lane's basically a free agent. I think it's a done deal. Yeah, Orgeron actually took over for Lane at USC when he got uh, taken off the bus and got fired and didn't get to travel home with the team. If you're Eddie O, why do you bring him in? He, he, he is That makes him the coach in waiting. I mean, why, why would you want him on your staff other than to try well, to because Well, because Lane's toxic. Like he, God, I would love to see It's really, that. really tough for, for someone to allow him to run your program. So you get a quasi-head coach with, the, with pretty good offensive play-calling talent, I mean, particularly compared to like some of the other hacks that are in college football. And And – Eddie O is going to recruit. He's going to put Lane in position, and he's going to basically just let him run the whole doggone thing. Looking forward to seeing how that plays out in Baton Rouge because I love me some Eddie O. What a character. Uh, I'm, I'm glad God, he's – We're going to be all over that. I'm sure. glad he's you getting got a, you got an idea how it's going to end up. Like, is he is in way over his head as a head coach. Let's just – let's call it spade a spade. Let's but see. LSU is hemorrhaging money as a program, as an area, as a government, as, at the state level, as well as in the local level. As a staff, record label, and a crew. Exactly. But, hey, here's, well, here's a stat for you guys. Eddie O won more SEC games the second half of this year when he took over the interim title as he did in three years at Ole Miss as a head coach. Wrap your head around that. All right, let's move on to championship week and pick some games, shall we? Let's start, with, let's start with the MAC title game. This is at Ford Field in Detroit. I believe this is Friday, Schilling. Is that correct? That's correct. Friday okay. at 7, and then uh, the next game will be Friday at 9. Those are the only two games on Friday. My Ohio Bobcats, my alma mater, the Bobcats of OU, are getting 19 points from Western Michigan in the MAC title game. Shill, you attended a MAC school as well. Give me a, a, a take on this game. Yeah, uh, we're going to do everyone's favorite game. We're going to do the schedule game. Pulling up OU's schedule, 
They gave up 56 to Texas State. Uh, at Tennessee, they should have won that game. But then look at these losses. Eastern Michigan at home. Central Michigan. And they had a huge win against my alma mater, 9-3 to three last week. <laughs> I don't care. I actually did watch some well, of that game. That was awful. Yeah, it was brutal. So um, I think you know where I'm going with this. They have one quality one. It's at Toledo. I'm going to row the boat for about the third, fourth straight week here. Uh, give me Western Michigan. So I'm okay. looking at the Google Sheet. Sean initially typed in OU, and then about halfway I didn't in, know any of that. Halfway, in, halfway <laughs> into your take, he deleted it and put in Western Michigan. <laughs> I, he didn't even have to get through half the scores. He got through like three of them. The, the North Texas one was was a delete, and then when he gave him the next one, then it was okay. I'm done here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mostly have, I think we are going to end up with North Texas here. State. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I said North. No, Texas. you said Texas State. Yeah. Okay, Texas is tad better than North Texas, who might be the worst team in the country. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if it's the Texas from unnecessary roughness. It ain't going to matter. That team sucks, and apparently OU sucks worse. They're or, not very good. Equivalently. And they're not very good. But uh, I made the mistake of going against Western Michigan last week against Toledo. Paid the price for that. I think it helps that P.J. Fleck is sticking with them. He hasn't been hired away by another team yet. So uh, I, this is this is we talked about this a little bit. We talked about it, and uh, just like Phil Sims does, the <laughs> fact that, the, that P.J. Fleck is not going to have a, a conference job somewhere, like a school like Purdue and Illinois, should be kicking down the door to hire this guy just to get two, three years out of him to rebuild your program a little bit, knowing he'll take a bigger, better job somewhere. This is the perfect spot for some of these schools to actually know where their position is and their and their standing, and they're missing the boat on this totally. There actually is rumors of him going to Purdue. Yeah, I, I think he still ends up at Purdue. That's my personal opinion. My thing is, if I'm P.J. Fleck and I'm this hot name, is that really the best I can do as Purdue? Do you really want to go to the Big Ten right now? And who would have thought we'd be this two years I think ago? You ha- it's a guaranteed money yeah. um, type situation, but I, I tend to agree with you. I think if you're Fleck, what you do is you look at the rosters of a couple of these middle tier and you see if I can maximize over over one to two year period because I don't know how you know senior ridden his team is now. And you know, some of it is you breed a winning culture. Some of these other guys are gonna start, you know, doing that as well at Western Michigan. But if I were him, I would I would look a little strategically at, at a higher first spot and just try and use it as a little bit of a stepping stone. But I don't know. You, you talk about all these ineptitudes in the in the SEC, and it's kind of interesting that maybe they're scared of the recruiting or, or the loss there. But he's he's a, a hot enough commodity. I'd, I'd be making every attempt to get him um, into my program. Yeah, it's it's you know like Shiller's point though. I mean, you could end up in purgatory there at a place like Purdue in the Big Ten with with all the teams you have to compete against. And there's going to be some other big jobs opening next year, and I think the Oregon job might open this year. So there's going to be more opportunities for him if he, if if Western Michigan's willing to give him enough of a raise to keep him there for another year, it might be worth his while to wait it out. I, I don't know. So Monner, what's your feeling on uh, Mr. Brian Kelly and the news that came out today of of him at least floating some interest out there through some of his agents or his team, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't really buy it. I think he's staying. I, first of all, I don't think anybody is going to hire him that's going to you know make it worth his while to leave. And secondly, this is this comes up every year after Notre Dame's last game, no matter when it is that he's leaving or whatever. So 
I didn't really buy it. I think he's staying another year. If the season goes anything like this one did, he's gone after next year, and it won't be his decision. But I think he's there. He'll be the coach in Notre Dame next year. I don't even know where he goes. I, I don't know where they're even trying yeah, that, to that's what get I mean. out in front. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to the NFL, and no respectable programs hiring him at this point, you know, with the way this, this year went at Notre Dame. So I agree. I don't see anywhere that he would end up. We good? We had enough Mac talk for the day? We good? Mac it up. Okay. Pac-12 title game Friday night. This is in San Francisco. Colorado and Washington. Pretty decent little matchup here. Washington, seven-point favorite. Farky, what do you got on this one? I'm, I'm sticking with the Huskies. I'm going Washington. Um, left my boy Leach last week, and uh, they came through. They played They played damn well last weekend, this weekend. So I'm going to stick with them. I haven't seen much of Colorado this year. I know Michigan beat them. Um, that's it. That's all I got. I'm going Washington. Can we go backwards? Uh, did Farky take Western Michigan? I don't yeah, know if we got that. Yeah, yeah, that was, just, that's the consensus. He just typed in oh, Rock oh, City. Farky took a 19-point favorite? I got him. I'm locked okay. back. That's go. automatic, apparently. It's Lock, uh, City. it's Lock City game of the week. Oh, boy. And that was Florida hey, State last week, hey, though. Florida State was Lock City, so we're good. Yeah. I mean, the slide team short to, me, short to me. It actually opened up earlier today, minus six which I wish I would have saw. So uh, I'm actually going to take the Huskies here as well, even though I've been a huge Colorado fan all year. Yeah, I have as well. But I, I just think I agree with what Farky said. I think Washington's playing really well right now. They look really good against Washington State. And I like Colorado's team. They have been playing well also. But I'm going to go with uh, the Huskies here to win the Pac-12 title and cover the seven and uh, probably move on to the playoff. Sean? So I'm going to make a little bit of a move. Uh, obviously, we'll have bowl games and whatnot to pick, but I, I, I like this spot. I also like blocking a consensus here, uh, as we, we kind of had last weekend and some of the past couple weekends. Um, <laughs> I'm going Colorado and the, the Buffalo here. I like a defense in this spot, and you know maybe it gets some inclement weather or something on those lines, and sooner or later these injuries have to catch up to Washington. I know I keep lamenting on them and they keep proving me wrong but i'll, I'll ride that that wave one more weekend speaking of consensus picks how ours go for us oh uh, well i was just gonna you kind of led me into that there sean um so our consensus picks last week were one and four we started out zero and four and thankfully uh, usc came through when they almost didn't at the end of that uh, usc notre dame game so not a good week for us last week really overall sean and show were 10 and 10 I was nine and eleven. Farky was eight and twelve. So, looking at the standings, and this is all on our Twitter account too at negpodcfb. I have an eighty-five, eighty-four, and three overall record for the season, which puts me four games ahead of Farky and Shill, and five games ahead of Sean. So, you know, at least there's not that many bowl games. Uh, so, th- you know, you might not have enough chances to catch up, right? <laughs> nice. I, I did put on the sheet uh, there. We do have a line for the. K State TCU game. If you want to pick that, okay, yeah, no, let's go for it. What is it? Four and a half TCU. All right, so K State at TCU. This is obviously uh, the last weekend of the regular season for the Big Twelve, so we have some conference matchups there. TCU is a four and a half point favorite at home, huh? Yes, they are. Off their big win against Texas, K State beat Kansas last week. Man, that's a tough one. K-State for me. Yeah, I'm going to take K-State as well. TCU high off of a Texas win that didn't really mean anything. 
I'll, I'll take Bill Snyder. Yep, I'm doing, I was I'm doing the same. same thing. Yep. Bill Snyder. I, I yeah, I was doing the same way. Yeah, let's let that in as consensus, unfortunately. So. Yeah, let's just keep firing consensus picks. Yeah, that's... You, were, you, were, you, guys weren't sold, you guys weren't sold on that TCU win last No, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. I, uh, I watched that game, then, and I wasn't that impressed with TCU. It was more just how inept Texas was. So I'll take K-State. Conference USA title game, Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky. And I'll be honest, I have no freaking clue. So, Shilly, can you shed any light on this game? Um, it's actually a revenge game. They did play earlier in the year at Louisiana Tech. Ready for this score? Louisiana Tech won 55-52. to So, um, what I'll actually be looking at, it, and hopefully throughout the week, is if people actually look at that score, um, it's a little misleading, a lot of defensive touchdowns, a lot of flipping of the field based on turnovers. So, if that gets cleaned up, I'm actually going to look to play the under in that game um, because of the revenge factor. So Louisiana Tech wins by three, and they open up a – is it seven and a half? Western seven Kentucky? And a half. Is this a home game for Western Kentucky? Is it at a home site or is it neutral? Uh, it's neutral. Okay. Is it, so this seems a little fishy to me. Let me it might as well be a home Kentucky. game. It's in yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, I know it's in Kentucky. It ain't like Louisiana Tech's traveling. Carl Malone ain't coming to this game. <laughs> no, we'll I, I, just, I knew it was in Kentucky because she like put that on the sheet, but I didn't know if it was at their actually at their campus or it was just somewhere random. Papa John's probably hosting this. Yeah, yeah, scumbag. yeah. Yeah, the line seems way too high, so give me Western Kentucky. I'm, I'm going the same way. Sean? No, I'm, all, I'm all over Western Kentucky as well. I'll say this. Sean's a I big fan a of the Hilltoppers. Big fan I'm of the Hilltoppers. I'm a degenerate. There's not a chance in hell that I would ever think of putting money on this game unless I was drunk, which <laughs> is still a possibility, but I got a feeling it's played during the day, and I'm not going to be tying one on that early. I need to make up four games on Monitor, so I, I really have an inclination to go Louisiana Tech here, but I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the consensus pick. Oh, no, this is great. Again, two teams we haven't watched, we're going to go consensus on. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, you know what? You know what? Give me Louisiana Tech. I'm gonna pull Mark. I'm gonna pull a Mocky from the uh, from the NFL picks from a couple weeks ago when he took He's Louisiana. dead last. Give me Louisiana Tech. <laughs> uh, American Conference title game. This is in Maryland, so uh, Navy is not hosting this game, but they are a three point favorite against Temple in the American title game. And for some. Unknown reason, I continue to bet against Navy and continue to get my ass kicked, just like last week when I took SMU. SMU got off to a strong 7 nothing start in that game and ended up losing 75-31. to So that went really well. Uh, I know Schilling was does, on that does game. Does SMU play defense? There were three teams in FBS last week that scored 75 points or more. Just unbelievable what's going on in college football right now. But, uh, yeah, give me Navy. I'm not, I'm not picking against them anymore. Mark, Mine's really simple. I'm American. I'm going Navy. Here's a little uh, fun fact of the day. Take a book out of Sean. What, what is this, Fun Fact Sunday then? Or Tidbit Sunday? Navy has punted twice in the entire month of November. I did see that stat. <laughs> I know I know that Alabama didn't give up a touchdown since, like, mid-October. I saw that, too. I saw that, too. So, I'll, never pick, I'll never pick a team that actually lost to Memphis, so give me Navy. Oh, just consensus after consensus. That's great. Well, last one wasn't, so. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, Bedlam, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 12-point favorite at home. I'm siding with the Sooners. I've been riding them lately. I think they're playing really well. I think they come out and put up some points in this game against uh, Mike Gundy's defense. 
Well, I don't I don't pick for Mike Gundy, and it just seems like a lot of points. So I'm going to stick with OU. I, I I need to get try to get a game or two up on you here this week, but I don't see how I can. Otherwise, I'm just going to dig a deeper hole. I like the Sooners this week. I, I think it's too many points, so uh, give me Oklahoma State. Ooh. Too many points. Too many points. Too many points. Sean. Uh, my, mine's simple. I, I could see a 24-14, but I could also see a 52-17, and I can't in the right mind be down two scores with Oklahoma State and feel comfortable I'm taking Oklahoma. Um, and I think a similar type type three quarters that they played against West Virginia is is what's in store for uh, for Mike Gundy and company. Let, let me correct you. There is no chance this game's 24-14. Yeah, I, I thought that too. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. This game's in the 40s and 50s. That's fair. Well, last year they had like an ice situation, and I think it was low scoring. It was last year or the year before, but everybody was geared up for the same thing from what I can recall, and, and, and it was one of those types of games. But you're – you're probably there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance that it's that's over eighty points total, but uh, I'll take Boomer Center. Baylor and the hold this week at West Virginia, sixteen and a half point favorite for the Mountaineers. Man, I, I really want to I really want to take Baylor this week because that's a lot of points to give a team that's going to probably score, but I just don't see what in God's name they have to play for. They've lost five in a row. They're on the brink of going from 6-0 and to 6-6, and just like Schilling predicted. And they know in the back of their minds they still have another month to play because they're going to be sent to some godforsaken bowl game too. So <laughs> I'm going to take the Hulk here because they actually uh, put one on Iowa State last week, so they bounced back after that loss to Oklahoma. They're having a nice year. They actually have something to play for, you know, a decent bowl game. So give me West Virginia. It's home for me too. Bay- it's just a straight-up dumpster fire. Screwed them on every level. I hope they get beat by 90. We, we actually talked about this before we came on to record this, but Baylor currently has one commit for next year's recruiting class. One. And, and they're losing Stidham. Stidham's going to transfer, too, he announced. Jared Stidham. Hey, let's keep those fingers crossed for Mike Singletary, though. Yeah, absolutely. That would be just utterly tremendous. Barky, your pick? I'm on, I'm on the hold. Give me the hold. Oh, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> I've been taking Yo. two months, and I'm, I'm not going to start now. Give me the hold as well. Consensus hold. That's what I like. Yeah, consensus hold land 16 and a half. This should be fun. Yeah, absolutely. This should not be fun, this game. Florida and Alabama in the SEC title game. Bama's a 22-point favorite. I think some of the guys last week before we went on to record said that this line could not be high enough unless it was in the 40s, so... I'm going to go ahead and take their side on that. I, there's no chance I can take Florida here. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the 22. It's a line over 20, so you know where I like. Yeah. Anybody Anybody want to jump in the water? Yeah, sure, with you're the only one. I, this line actually is shockingly low to me. Florida did not convert a third down against Florida State. No, they what didn't. the hell do you think they're going to do against Bama? I don't know that, they, that they're going to score. They, they got a cheap touchdown on a punt return muff and then a fall in for a touchdown. Like they, they were pretty much at three or six or and going to sit there the whole time. They got a gift score. Can you actually get a line on whether or not a team will score? That, that'd be a great bet this week. Well, Florida not I'd love to know what their team total is. It's probably not up yet, but that'd be funny to see. Yeah, that, that, that won't get released till Thursday or Friday. Um, and I'm usually king contrarian, but there there's a couple things that Florida ain't scoring double digits, and Bama's going to get a defensive touchdown. 
So I, I, I can't do it. I, get, give me Bama. Oh, my God, Sean, you were right. I, not that I didn't believe you, but I had to look it up. Florida was 0 for 12 on third down. Yeah, I actually knew that because I watched the game. They kept bringing it up. After about seven of them, they kept saying it every third down, and they didn't get any of them. <laughs> God. That, the sad thing is, is Florida for the last two years has had a defense that is national title-type title defense, but their offense has been so bad that they're basically going to end up with, with 10 losses combined over two years. I mean, like, and their defense is gone. So what are they going to have? And they're going to have to flip it around next year and be good offensively. And they open against Michigan. Good it's, luck. It's really, it's really a funny way of looking at the Jim McElwain tenure so far in Florida because on the one hand, he's won the East twice and he's been to the SEC title game twice. But there's a good chance that he gets shut out in that game twice. And their offense, like we talked about before, is horrendous, and he's an offensive guy. So I don't know how Florida fans view these first two years. And if I knew somebody that actually rooted for them, I'd like to get their take on that. Well, you have a job. so That's a good point. <laughs> well, I was looking at Farky, I mean, you live down there. Can you help me out? What, what are people saying down there? It, oddly enough, I, I, was, uh, I was out watching the Ohio State game uh, yesterday. And, of course, there's nothing but Florida State, Florida fans, and they're just kind of lurching around, confused as to why we're watching the Ohio State-Michigan game because they've, they've got nothing better to do in their minds and think that those, those, that Florida team actually matters. But, anyway, they literally are just lurching like, hey, hey, Gators are going to be on. Gators are going to be on. I mean, people are actually – I mean, they're diehards down here. There's, there is not – at least where I live here in Tampa, there is not a theme of, of you know, unrest or – aggravation everybody's just kind of like high five and we're still gator fans and it just it blew my mind because i knew the ass beating they were in store for <laughs> later yesterday <laughs> but they, they enjoy complacency so they're just losers that's funny that you say that Farky. In the that's funny you say that Farky, because i've been you know down to a couple sec schools for games and you know i've gone to bars and stuff before games they don't actually think that football exists outside of that conference like no, you're, I, that that was my point. If, they're, if you, like, oh, yeah. they're, if they're two and three. Ohio State, and Michigan are two and three. Yeah, what? If, like if you go to a bar at an SEC campus, you know, on game day, they're showing other SEC games on the TVs, and that's it. Like if you're a Big Ten school, you're not getting up on a TV in, in a bar down there. They just don't care. No, uh, that's what happens. That's how they get surprised when Ohio State pounds Alabama or, or some of these other results happen year in and year out. Uh, they're they're surprised that this actually that that there's other football and then there's significantly other better football. All right, a few more games to go here. This is the Mountain West title game. This is at Wyoming. Is this a home game for Wyoming? Show? Yes, it is. It is in their stadium. Okay, so they're playing San Diego State, who was humiliated last week. I think Wyoming was also humiliated last week. So hell of a matchup here in this title game. Mountain West football. Yeah, um, San Diego State's a five and a half point favorite. Don't really know. I know uh, San Diego State has a good running back, and I'm going to take them to bounce back this week. But other than that, kind of a toss-up coin flip game for me. You guys? Um, they uh, played. They actually played two weeks ago. Same location. Wyoming won 34 to 33. Big reason why they're in the game, or or, or UC Boise State right now. The line with San Diego State was favored by ten. So because of that, you're, you know, I think we're getting a little bit of value here at yeah. five and a half compared to ten like it was two weeks ago when they both got hammered the, you know, last week. So 
Um, San Diego State actually controlled the entire game. They led until there was a minute minute 07 left, and then they ended up scoring again, tried to go for two, and uh, failed, which is the reason for the one-point loss. So because of this line value and it being 10 just two weeks ago, give me uh, San Diego State as well. San Diego State blew a five-team uh, parlay for me yesterday, and all they had to do was win. I had them on the money line. So they could be getting points in this game, and I would not take them. So give me one thing. Farky does not subscribe to the bounce-back theory. He just has a spiteful take on anyone that really it's, it's a spite theory, yeah, which has worked well at times for, against Memphis this year. Um, this, If you were to tease San Diego State and Western Kentucky – I would pretty much go ahead and have you committed. Um, that said, I'm going to take San Diego State, and this would be a degenerate special with our uh, Stu Finer uh, pick of the week. He knows the score. He's going to put it in his pocket, and he's going to punch and knock out the bookie in the face. ACC title game at Orlando, Virginia Tech and Clemson. Clemson is favored by nine. Sean, you're the ACC expert of the group. Your thoughts? Uh, Real quick, I just want to lock this up. Lock City, so go ahead. Uh, I love my pick coming up because I know where Farky's going with my yeah, Lock City. Yeah. I have no idea what to think about this. This is a Virginia Tech team there. you dogged the shit out of two weeks ago on this pod. Yeah, I know, but I really hate Dabo, and the fact that Dabo's bitching and moaning and whining right now just has me all the more kind of like this is a tailor made spot for the Hokies. Um,. I'll take Clemson. I, I, they're, they're they're kind of front runners and everything else, and I'll I'll take Dabo and company. I, they still have the best players on the field. Farky, I'm assuming you're siding with Clemson as well. Yeah, this this has got fifty five seven written all over it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Just put me down for pretty to check up here and there. Yeah, same here. They're not playing South Carolina again this week. You know that, right, Jake? <laughs> No, they're playing the Virginia Tech team I've seen probably four times this year on Thursday night that stinks. Well, How many decent teams has Clemson blown out this year? How many decent teams? What's yes. decent? Virginia Tech is decent. No, they're good. Okay. So how many good teams have they blown out? You just said they stunk. I'm talking about on paper. <laughs> That's really the game. They're ranked. They're ranked. Well, I would say to answer your question, two maybe. We we also we all picked Virginia last week against Virginia Tech, getting eighteen and a half, and I think the final was like fifty two ten, something like that. Virginia. Tech. I have no idea why I'm taking Clemson. I really don't. I'm just I'm just taking them. So stop trying to talk me. No, anymore. I mean, listen. I can see it being a ten point win for Clemson. I mean, that's not out of their own possibility by any stretch. But I'm going to take the points here. I don't know why either. I don't think Virginia Tech's that great, but. I just don't think Clemson's all that great either. So whatever, I'll take I'll take the points. Chilly, any Thanks. any any other thoughts, gambling related takes on this game? No, no. I, I actually do like the over in this game, which you won't hear me say very often. But one more game, Big Ten title game, Penn State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin opens as a three point favorite, and obviously, you know, we're recording this on a Sunday night, so these lines are going to change throughout the week. So make sure you check on those when we post our plays. Our pod picks, these are going to be reflected as Sunday lines, so they might be quite a bit different by the time the game rolls around. I see this line closing higher than three, so I'm going to take Wisconsin at this point. But, um, Shilly, you have any other angles on this game? I agree with that, yeah. If you, if you like Wisconsin, take it now because I, I don't see a lot of people jumping on Penn State. You know what, forget it. I'm going to bet Penn State later when they're plus six, plus seven. So give me them, and, you know, that even at this three number. I'll take Penn State. 
I will say I was I was shocked with uh, with the score of Penn State's game this past week. I, I did say on the last pod that I thought they had something to play for, and I thought um, that they, that they were going to continue on the right path, and they, they proved that this past week. But I, I truly think Wisconsin's a better team, and I think they're, they're three or four points better. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Wisconsin. I, I think this game will stay within single digits. So yeah, I, I think once the, to, to Shell's point, I think once the line moves up, I I, I think you jump out at it three here. Um, I think it probably gets to six or seven, and then you know you can kind of play a little bit of a middle uh, if you're getting this in time to, to kind of hook on the three. But I like Wisconsin as well. It's probably closer to a coin flip though than than certainty one way or the other. So I I, I could easily see Penn State winning this game, um, but I'll just go with Wisconsin as far as the, the full year pedigree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. This is a tough game to, to call. I just I, I'm giving the three just because I think the line goes up and I'll get some value there. But that's really the only reason. Yeah, I, I actually bet this um, when it, first, it actually opened at one, two and a half. So I was constant two and a half. I'm probably going to go a little more on Penn State when this line gets a little bit higher. So I'll have a little bit of middle, but my position will be on Penn State. That wraps up the picks, guys. I mean, this is it until bowl season rolls around. So these are the last games until, uh, I don't know, middle of December when these crap bowls come out and we'll get to have some real degenerate conversation about some of these low-tier bowl games with some 5-7 and teams that will probably be making bowls this year. So that should be real fun. Can't wait to break down that Bahamas Bowl that has some crappy MAC team and whoever in it. Take the over. Is it a Sun Belt and a MAC team? Yep, take the the over, baby. We will probably come back with a podcast in a couple of weeks – on those games, but until then, uh, we're going to lay low and, and uh, let these conference title games play out, see who makes the playoff, and then we'll come back and kind of uh, do a few weeks of bowl previews and, and playoff previews. But, uh, guys, anything else you want to add here before we sign off? No, just jump on some Buckeye Vodka. We got some shirts coming out. Uh, send us questions uh, with regards to lines or things like that, and we'll try and respond heading into this weekend uh, and obviously bowl season. And then uh, we'll, we'll certainly put folks in the running to, to draw uh, uh, their name for a T-shirt. Yeah, I've been doing a terrible job of, of pimping the other guys on our on our NEG family too. Make sure you check out the original Never Ending Glory podcast with Luke and Jerry and get their fantasy takes, get their uh, NFL picks with uh, Sean and Marky as well. Each week, uh, who's who's winning that right now? By the way, Sean. Well, that's that's this guy. I'm down in, in college, but I'm up in pros. The exact opposite of me. Great. Yeah. Guys, enjoy your week. Enjoy the football. Enjoy championship week, and we will talk to you when bowl season rolls around. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Music.